As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Westwood One Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. My name's Andrew, joined by Marcus and Morgan. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. We've got someone freaking awesome on the show today. Ethan Suplee, host of the American Glutton podcast, known for being a plus-size actor with roles like Randy Hickey and My Name is Earl, Louie and Remember the Titans. Evolution. This guy, legendary. Wolf of Wall Street. American Street. Deepwater Horizon. This goes on and on. But he's gone through a major transformation. Lost... The Google says 250 plus pounds, but after talking to him today, 
Probably more Five, like 500 plus well, like pounds. More than that, because he fluctuated, went back up, back down. Because he just like, kept losing. He's jacked now. We can't wait to hear more of his story. We can't wait for you guys to hear it. But before we do that, we've got a Patreon question of the day coming from Benjamin. Marcus, Morgan. It seems like the SEALs are the best at staying in the present and not looking too far into the future. I'm sure that pertains to Bud's. What's your suggestion for relinquishing ourselves from the anxiety of needing to know what's coming next, trying to always prepare for what is ahead, instead of what is right now in front of us? It is the unknown of future events and outcomes that seems to get me stuck in my own head pretty often. I guess it comes down to the fear of failure. That is, that is a well, you, you answered your own question. complicated <laughs> question oh, to ask. I, and I only came to the realization recently in my life that somebody looked at me one day like, hey, you know, you, you can't take a breath of air in the, for the future. You can't take a breath of air in the past. You have to t- you have to breathe right now in the present. And I I lived my life just like you. I'm sure many of us do. What anxiety just gets you all spun up about what's coming on in the weeks ahead. And I'm not saying that proper preparation can't prevent you from failure, but you always have to realize that no matter what, there's really nothing you can do to change or redirect what's coming down the pipe. You just have to accept it. So why get spun up about it? Well, that's why you're li- you live the day. You seize the day and save the day. It's the, and the SEAL team, the only easy day was yesterday. That sucker's gone. And tomorrow, you have no idea if that's coming. Go ahead and plan for it all you want. That's where the anxiety comes from. Planning for something that you have no idea, I mean, the, the, what could alter that. I think we I think we learned in buds, bro, that you cannot prepare yourself for how fucking horrible tomorrow's going to be. So why even worry about it? But would you say That's Morgan, would you life. say that like if we were breaking it down for a second, you said a minute ago like you just recently came to this yeah, realization. Yeah, he said he's, he's like, hey, I got anxiety from always for always trying to prepare for what's in the future as a instead of preparing for what's next. Yeah. What's Man, right that's now? your problem. You prepare for what's coming next, not what's in the future, like what's standing right there in front of you. And it's not anxiety, it's anxiousness. Your body's like ready to get into it. You, if you're trying to tackle the stuff that's ahead of you, you're skipping the thing that's in front of you. And each thing that's in front of you is designed to train you for what's coming down the pipe. Yes, so, correct. That's right. Well okay. said. Okay. Yep. I'll that's exactly right how I was at. Yep. I'll stop right there. Everything that you are doing now to prepare yourself and address what's happening next will prepare you for what's coming down the pipe in the future So, don't, so and realize that and understand it. And yeah, So what Buds does, man, is it takes us to nothing and beats us down. Even even when you when you pass something or you accomplish something, it's still beating us down. That's why they call it Buds because it's just you and your buddies there. And I, I mean, no matter what, no matter what, <laughs> I, I, I would say that. <laughs> that's, that's the only way we can do this through our Buds, man. We go, no matter how, how we climb, man, no matter how far they break us back down, we can always go back to, hey, man, we was Buds. You know, we were there together. We, we didn't have nothing. They took everything away. Every, every identity that goes into that program, that's why it's so unique. And, I mean, there are other special forces, and they're all great. I'm not taking anything away from it. Nobody messes with water like we do. And that's the ultimate equalizer. And them guys that you go through that with, and then they just beat us. To, that's our job. To take, to, it's like a suffering camp. And when you come out of there, man, there ain't nothing else make you suffer like that until they separate us. That's what we don't like. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? All right, so I re- rereading the question again relinquish ourselves from the anxiety of needing to know what's coming next, trying to always prepare for the future instead of what is right now in front of us. So our advice is to address what you have right now. That gives you proper preparation for what's next 
and what's coming down the pipe in the foreseeable future. Because if you try to plan for something that's in the foreseeable future, that might not ever happen. And you plan for something that never, never came to fruition. Yeah, man, Morgan, and I want to climb Everest. I always imagine myself already at the top, so I don't have to climb that damn thing. But I know that I'll have to start getting mentally prepared for it right now. You know what I'm talking about? So that's how you get, that's how you get overwhelmed because you start planning for stuff in the future. And normally that requires people because you're going to be doing something. So you, gotta, you don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. Or yeah. learn behavior. You yeah. might not have got the, I mean, yeah. You're not equipped yet. Hell, you might not even make it. <laughs> you, might, you, know, you might not even make it to the next day, man. So what's, what we can say, seize the day. It's like when you wake up in the morning, everything you're going to need immediately is right around you. Yeah. I, I really, I really got rid of my anxiety just after convincing myself that I need to appreciate what I'm doing right now. Right now. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the word, hardest thing to do is yeah, slow down. And, and that's a word of encouragement, Benjamin, is the fact that like we're sitting in a room with two team guys who will admit to you guys that not every Navy SEAL has got it all figured out. And like you can learn every single day and you're not the only one that's faced this, you know, challenge of focusing on what's in the head uh, what's ahead you just have to come to grips with what's going on right now and it's so much easier to do that when you got people around you yeah. i mean that are willing to go through your day with you that's what what, what that family and friends thing is all about man you just kind of great question yeah, yeah it is benjamin thanks for being a part of the team thanks for asking your question if you'd like to get your questions answered join us at patreon if you haven't seen that sweet challenge coin we just dropped for our patreon members head over to our instagram team underscore never quit you can see our team coin it's awesome. Patreon.com slash team never quit. I just saw the last part of this question. It says, I guess it comes down to fear of failure. You know how you get over your fear of failure? Fail. Get out there and keep, that's the only way you can get over your fears. You got to get out there and do it. And then eventually, it'll, it, it, man, you just, you, it, you overcome it. Hell, everybody's just scared of getting dressed, standing up, going out, eating everything else, man. And that's, that's what that is. Yeah, fear you, is your fuel for your willpower. Don't be f- fearful to fail. I learned more in failure. <laughs> All right. That allowed me to be more <laughs> successful down the road than I ever did from a success. Hell, if you didn't fail, that means you already knew how to do it. Then you wouldn't have to go in there and it, you probably wouldn't be interesting. The whole reason you get interested and you go in to fail is because that whole thing, it's that's the ride. Like you're interested in something that's going here, so you know both sides of it. When I was in a leadership position in the Navy, I would if there was something that was presented to us and our and, and my men, I would intentionally step out front just to fail in front of them so they would know what not to do. Hmm. And as my enlisted role in the military, I was always failing for it. Dude, just, just be there with him. <laughs> yeah, don't ever, don't ever, don't be. Don't don't be, don't be scared to fail, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Do not be scared. Hell, I've been failing miserably the last five years. <laughs> you're asking us, <laughs> you're asking us about the whole fear of failure. And the reason you're asking us that is because we did it our whole lives. Every day in SEAL training is meant to be a failure. Even when you pass. Even if you pass, they every single day they fail you just to show you how and successful the you're going to be you. on the back on the other end. And then you know, talk down to you. Just I mean, it's unbelievable. It's awesome. I'm going to stick us underwater. He we did that. Not yeah, get your ass kicked through three and a half years of training, and then go put you in an ice box underwater for six eight hours for five years, and we'll send you overseas. See what that does for your mental. Get you in some combat and get you so that you know it's like you temper steel. You get it really hot, really cold, and you send it over war and beat the mess out of it. You bring it back, do it again, send it back over, and then eventually you get us. Well, I promise you guys that this interview we're about to get into is probably going to help you. This will motivate you. This will motivate you. It'll get you going. I'm looking forward to this, man. All right, let's get to Ethan.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Well, first of all, welcome to the show, Ethan. We're super excited to have you, and let's kick off the Mad Minute. Okay, what's the craziest dare you ever took? Uh, I feel like it, it started like eating something crazy in Asia, like fried crickets on the side of the road, and that was maybe the craziest dare I've ever done. Oh, uh, we also, uh, me and a buddy bribed our way into the, uh, this, was, this was kind of a dare, like we were going into the Great Pyramid in Egypt, and and it was crowded, and And I think I like said, we, we ought to just bribe somebody to get in here once everybody leaves. And he said, no, you can't do that. And and it was kind of like we challenged each other and we did it. And yeah, that's a dare. Right? And got, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That counts. We were, we, we, we bribed our way into the pyramid after hours at night and felt, uh, felt very, it felt very risky to be honest with you. Yeah. How'd it go? Keep going. I, Cause I want, I hadn't been there yet. I heard it's something. Yeah, like the, it's 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 very touristy, and there are like from from the last time I was there, there were two periods of time where you can go, but like they let a couple hundred people inside at once, and it's like uh, I mean, you're, you're sardines in there, and and we went in, and we were like, this is insane. Um, if if there's you know, obviously there's structural integrity to that thing because it's been there for thousands of years, but like it just felt unsafe with all those people. So we, we went out and we kind of sat and watched the entrance and watched the dudes who were guarding the entrance and just talked ourselves into bribing the dude once it was shut down for the day. And, and, and he was pretty amenable to 20 bucks to just letting us <laughs> back in. By yeah, over there, it's not bribery. Over there, it's just business. You showed up late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, man, we just got here. Here's, here's 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we went in, we hung out for a while. The, 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 in the act, actual King's chamber, it's the acoustics are pretty weird. And we, we wound up just, you know, not like hippies or anything, but we were like humming just because you would make a noise and it, and it would reverberate for longer than I've ever heard anything echo before. And so, you know, the, just the sound of our voices was so crazy in there that we just sat, sat in there for an hour or so. 
that was that was the whole thing. Yeah. Did that guy hang out with you that you gave the twenty two, or did he just turn y'all loose? No, no, he let us go. We we just walked in. He stayed out front. Oh, he's probably like twenty wow. bucks. Hope you don't get turned around down there, buddy. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, exactly. he probably didn't even work there. Yeah, yeah, he probably didn't work there. He's like, some dude threw me a twenty. A white guy didn't speak, so I just let him go. <laughs> yeah, I bet that was it. Yeah, you know, I just throw hey, I'm an American. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, sweet. Follow that tunnel. <laughs> All right, next one. Uh, what is the strangest family tradition you have in your family? Because we're always looking for new ones. Strangest family tradition. Um, oh, man. What do we do? We're pretty normal. I mean, we do. I, 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 I find it strange. So growing up, I, I had a sister, a mom, and a dad. And, and like Thanksgiving was just us. Christmas was just us. As kids, we, di- we didn't we very rarely saw other family or friends on those holidays. You know, occasionally my grandparents would come into town and we'd spend those holidays with them. But like the biggest that would ever be with six people, my wife, her father was married a number of times. And I think has, you know, there's some contradiction here. It depends on who you ask, had anywhere from 11 to 13 kids. Mm-hmm. And, and her mom was also married a number of times and had six kids, three with her father. So we did, we, we, my, my wife and I have for the past 20 years had all the holidays at our house and it got to be where it was just direct siblings, like not even branching out to aunts and uncles. And there is some overlap. Some of the siblings become aunts and uncles and cousins to other people, but uh, we would have around 60 people at our house with just my wife's immediate family. Now, for me, hosting 60 people is completely insane. And so I find every holiday to be uh, a bit of a carnival. Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's not, you're not hosting it, man. You're just throwing a party. <laughs> I wouldn't get that much. Exactly. But you got, but then, but then they want all the trappings of like a traditional uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas. So you got to do turkey for 60 people ham for 60 people oh yeah you know something like that and then seating everybody is is crazy so i I, you know having grown up and having had such a small family to go to this massive leap and having to include everybody because they are all brothers and sisters and wives and husbands and children to me it, it feels very odd these traditions where we have 60 people over for dinner that's why we only have them like once or twice a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get into this. I can't wait to hear it, man. We're just, we're just curious as to how all this started for you. Because so I've got you- trigger points that when you hit them, I'm going to ask you questions just because I have to know some things. Okay. But go ahead, bro. Well, I, I, would, I would go way back to my childhood. At, at five years old, I was, if you look around the landscape of America today, I was probably a lean five-year-old kid by today's standards. But in the seventies, late seventies, early eighties, I was a heavy kid. Um, and I went to visit my grandparents and they freaked out about my, my chubbiness, uh, which because at the time it was still chubbiness and kind of started restricting my food. And I, 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 I developed one summer, just this idea that eating in front of people was not good, um, that it should be something I'm embarrassed by. And 
so I just started sneaking food a lot. And, and as a child, I got heavier and heavier. But when I, when I kind of became autonomous and had a car and started to work, all hell broke loose and I started to eat uh, just insane amounts of food. And I got really big and my, my heaviest was 536. Now I say that was my heaviest. That's the most I ever got on like a freight scale. And I knew for sure, this is how much I weighed. I probably gained some weight after that. So, but the, the, the number that I saw objectively as a true measurement of my weight at the heaviest was 536. Um, and I was an actor and I kind of had no trouble meeting girls and could fake my way through a conversation and pretend to be confident and, and all like that. So I, there was no kind of um, urgency for me to lose weight. I, I was, I was, you know, working constantly at the size I was and had no trouble earning a living like that. And and then I, I met who became my wife. And at some point I realized that if I wanted to have a long life with her in the manner that she wanted, I was going to have to change my behavior. And I kind of went to her one day and was like, look, I, I had like a weird experience with a dude on a plane, another actor who, who, who basically just had a conversation with me that typically I, I would put on this kind of front of being a tough kid. And, and I did have a number of fights with kids who called me fat in school. And so I would just be either unapproachable or really friendly. And with this actor, I was really friendly. And he started talking to me about how I was basically in his opinion, going to hell. And I think he was doing this. I mean, I know he was doing this out of compassion, but to me, it was just like, holy mo I don't ever want to be in a situation where somebody can feel like they can have that conversation with me again, uh, you know, because I couldn't fight the dude on the plane. I couldn't, you know, tell him to kick rocks and like, how, how long was the flight? Was that, was that, was that, <laughs> I mean, how long was the conversation? Was that Caviezel? Yeah. Caviezel. I was flying from LAX to Frankfurt and then I was going on to Romania and I don't know where he was. Plenty going of time. Plenty, plenty of time. Oh, <laughs> Is that I who think, you were on the plane I with? He, yeah, Caviezel talked to me. Ask me how about, I knew that. I, <laughs> That's the first thing popped into my head. That's a random guess, but ask me how I knew that. He, anyway. told, yeah, he talked to us about the same thing. I mean, sorry. Go, I did, oh, go, really? Oh, bro. Oh, yeah, bro. Jim, hey. I may call you up. You better be he ready finds for two you. and a half hours. Yeah, bro. Man, when he calls, be ready. Yeah. Got something to tell you. All right. This, yeah. is, this is great. Keep going, buddy. Keep going. Sorry. I, I mean, no, look, in, in fairness, I couldn't even be mad at him. Uh, like, I just had not had somebody sit down and have that conversation with me. My friends weren't having that conversation with me. Doctors weren't even real. You know, people would say like, you should lose weight. I mean, I was 500 plus pounds. I was having a hard time moving around. You know, um, I wasn't at the point where I needed like a wheelchair to get around the airport, but like my life was super restricted because of my weight. And and good for him for having uh, kind of the integrity to 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 speak his mind on the on the truth on his truth. Like I, I appreciate that personally. I am a little bit more of a relativist and want people to find truth for themselves and all like that, which my wife says is um, 
just wishy-washy of me, but that's, that's what I feel is true. And so I don't think I would ever have a conversation like that with a person, but he did, he felt like it was the right thing to do. And I, I, I'm, I've never even been mad at him. I mostly just came away from it feeling like I can change so that nobody could ever feel that way about me again. And I, and I said to my wife, like, I don't know what to do. I've never been successful at this. I've never really wanted to do anything about this, but I want to do this because when I think about my life with you, I know this is going to eventually creep up on us. And, and she was like, great. Okay. I can help you. And, and she kind of, uh, outlined this diet that, that I started the minute I got back to LA and I had a two month break from doing this movie that I then, finished up in Romania. And I, I went on a, a liquid diet that was just protein shakes. It was probably like six or 700 calories a day. And I watched the food network and became obsessed with food in a way that I wasn't eating it, but like learning about it and, and started cooking and, and lost 80 pounds in two months. And to be honest with you, like I would never do uh, an extreme diet like that today, but I, I don't have much weight to lose today. And like, I, I, I think that that was the perfect thing to do at the time because I got such a huge chunk of it done so quickly. And it was, uh, something I could hold on to. Like I, I will never gain those 80 pounds again, you know, bro, my wife stuck me in the kitchen too. And I, I started cooking the meals yeah. and I dropped 40, some 50 pounds. I couldn't keep it on. And I never wanted to lose weight because I was skinny growing up. So it's funny because when, right. when big guys are like, hey, you look like you lost weight. And they're like, oh, thank you. And then some of us who were skinny, when you say we lost weight, you're like, what are you talking about? I'll go put it back on. I'm sorry. But yeah, I, I got a question. You said you started sneaking food when you were a kid. Did you, were you hungry and doing that? Or were you just doing it to sneak the food? And two, man, all the parts you play when we we recognize you with that size. <clears throat> Did that kind of, yeah. was that a pressure to keep you? I guess that's why you never thought about losing the weight or I guess is what I'm asking. Or was that, was there pressure on that side to, to keep it, keep it on? I never really first, first part when I was a kid and being hungry, I don't think so. I think I ate out of, I think I had a compulsion to overeat a little bit. And I also ate out of boredom a lot. Like if I was, if I was out running around, with my friends, I wasn't thinking about food. It wasn't like, let's go to the liquor store a few blocks away or, or let's find the ice cream truck. That it wasn't that it wasn't that I was constantly hungry. It, if I was sitting around at night watching TV, I would eat. If I was playing video games, I would, I would want to have food next to me to eat in between levels or, or whatever it was. Um, I think it was mostly out of boredom that I was overeating and uh, a lack of, of production on my part. Um, but I don't remember ever being hungry as a kid. I was never hungry. I was, uh, I, I get hungry now and it's just a reminder that like I, I eat six or seven times a day now. And if I miss one of those meals, I notice hunger in a different way, but I'm even in a, a, a calorie restriction right now. And if I eat my meals when I'm supposed to eat them, I'm never hungry. Like hunger for me now is like something where I, I have to, I have to go way beyond, uh, when I'm supposed to eat. And then I know if I get onto a routine where I'm not eating breakfast or something, I'm never hungry. Like 
But whatever my body figures out, it's just that when I change something that I feel hungry for a short period of time, but then once you adjust to it, I don't know. I'm not such a hungry guy unless I'm missing some part of my routine. And then, okay, second question you asked about uh, work. I, I didn't feel necessarily a pressure to stay big. I I remember at one point um, I was doing a TV show called Boy Meets World. My first job was this TV show called Boy Meets World. I did a, I did like three seasons of that show. And from the first season I did to the second, I gained weight. I wasn't even aware of it, but my agent got a call from the producers and the producer said to my agent, Hey, he doesn't have to gain weight for this. <laughs> and my agent called me and was like, are, are you trying to gain weight for this part? And I said, no. And, and my agent was like, well, they just said, you don't have to gain weight. And I thought, well, okay, it doesn't mean I can't gain weight. Like I'm not, yeah, even are you really but you didn't say I didn't, it. couldn't. Right. Exactly. Um, so I, again, just didn't do anything about it. I never had anybody complain that I was too fat. There was a, a point for remember the Titans where it was suggested that I maybe diet before the movie started because we were going to have a football camp. Um, but it wasn't like a requirement. I, I wasn't told to lose 50 pounds or anything like that. And you played that one just right. Cause when you get out in the country, I mean, we got, got well, some of our kids were growing up are big. And they need to see themselves. Yeah, yeah you interacting. look like every offensive lineman we had on the football team. I, I know. Team. I mean, like if you didn't do that and play that part, just kind of like look at like you're carrying your weight, literally. Because when we were looking at you, right. I mean, all the guys when we watched that stuff, we all identify with somebody in the show. I think I read something somewhere. You recently, maybe recently, because you're down all that weight. They've they've have they have they mentioned to you, hey, you know, we liked you how you used to be, or I did. I did have. Um... I did. Th this was, this was a couple of years ago. So I, I had gotten real skinny, uh, in like 2011, just after my name is Earl, I was kind of like, it was awesome. It was a great experience, but I, from the time we started in 2005 till about 2010, I actually gained about a hundred pounds doing that show. And afterwards I was like, I, I want to lose this weight. And I just started riding a bicycle. We, we live in the hills and I got on like an old beach cruiser and rode up the hill and thought, Hey, I can do this every day. This is no problem. It's a great workout. And then I got kind of obsessed with it and was riding a bicycle every day and like going to Europe for all the, the big bicycling races over there and riding those things. And, and I, I got down to actually being really thin and wasn't really happy with how I looked. Um, and it was kind of at that point that a casting director said to, to me, like, you are more interesting, heavier, like, we're not thinking about you at the size you're at now, but if you put on weight, we, we would be thinking about you again. You're like, but I don't know how was, to take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I actually went and did a TV show called chance. I gained a bit of weight. I did this TV show chance. And during that I was like, well, she said I'm more interesting heavy. So I was eating pizza and burgers and anything I wanted, but I was also lifting weights just going like, it doesn't matter if I gain weight cause I'm more interesting. And I put on a good amount of muscle, but a way too much fat. And then was like at the end of that kind of like, 
I want to lose the weight again. I'm more, I'm happier in my life at a smaller size, you know. Bro, after carrying that much weight, I did the same thing. Mojo and I were real tiny when we joined the Navy, and then we got up plus 250, 260 pounds, and carrying that for 20 years, then dropping back down to 220, 215. I mean, I can't even imagine how strong you are after carrying all that weight. Yeah, my, my, my legs are strong. Um, although I also like have weird knee injuries. So like squatting is, I'm not great with squats. I'm great on a leg press. I can put up a, a bunch of plates on a leg press, but squatting feels weird on my knee. Anyway, I'm plenty strong. Like I don't even care at this point about strength. I go in the gym and I'm not even thinking about getting stronger. I just want to be able to lose fat and retain muscle. Like that's my number one goal today is like, how do I lift weights so that I can trick my body into believing that the muscle it has is being used to find food and the caloric deficit I'm in doesn't start eating into the muscle, you know? Oh, well, sounds that like routine. You got, sounds like somebody, you got somebody coaching you. Yeah, that fine. routine feeds itself. The more you slack off yeah. on one side or the other, so you're looking for that, home, that stasis, that homeostasis into where the body, I mean, when it lines out like that, you'll get up in the morning and still have that pump, but your injuries will heal up faster, faster than they should. And with age, that, you know, that's kind of a precursor that's, that sets in that, those knee problems, man. Would you say, I mean, just, just listening to your story thus far, Ethan, would you say this, this, this weight, just your weight fluctuation has been your greatest never quit story on top of everything else you got going on? It seems you pay a lot of attention to it. I do now. And I, and I've gotten, I've gotten smarter about it. I understand how it works more. I understand my body more today than I ever did. And just the, just the, the, the kind of the, when I look around at America for me, and I look at the accessibility of food, how every time I stop for gas, there's food, every walk I take outside, I'm confronted at some point by food. You know, I, I live in the city, so I can't get very far without walking by a, a fast food restaurant or a convenience store or, you know, even some dude standing on the corner selling something delicious. Um, right. Those are the best. And, Good Lord. Those are hot. Dogs, and, oh, anything on the street is the, is my favorite. My kids are kind of appalled, but I would rather eat a bacon wrapped hot dog oh, on the street, <laughs> you know, than go to some nice restaurant. That's that's like that's the best food for me. Um, but I have to recognize that my body's not going to use that in the way that food is actually functional, you know, yeah, but sometimes you give it a treat. <laughs> it likes treats too. You know, <laughs> that's, that's a great, great treats. observation. I you love made. Treats. And, and you can't just be, you can't just withhold yourself from these things. So I do factor in, uh, an occasional cheat meal, but, but I don't, it's not a free for all. I can't just go like, order a pizza and hit a McDonald's and get ice cream and do whatever I want. I got to think it through. I, I, I know how many calories I'm going to consume and, and like w- what that means to the work that I've already done that week. Am I going to totally wipe out the whole week's work? Well, that's not really worth it, but I can, I can mess with a day's worth of progress for a cheat meal. You know, I never really thought about it, but 30 years ago, there was only one place you could eat at home. And now that's right. you walk outside your home and you have it's in your face. So you think that's what why breeds not? complacency? I mean, the, I the, the, the obesity the obesity rate has grown exponentially over the decades, and so is the ability to get food. 
Yeah, but food is energy. Yeah. So does that make us work faster or does it? No, 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 no. Not all food is energy. <laughs> you putting that trash I get it. walking the beginning, up down the street. I get into this. Like we can, you know, and it, and I think it becomes trendy to, to like pick a certain type of food. Like, you know, um, animal products are bad and that's what the problem is. Or uh, carbohydrates are bad and that's what the problem is. Or it's saturated fat is bad and that's what the problem is. But for me, at the end of the day, it's just too much of any of it. And and that's what my problem is. It's it's that I'm only going to burn. If I, if I have a killer day in the gym and do cardio, the most calories I'm going to burn without just doing cardio all day is about 4,000. If I eat 5,000 calories, I'm going to gain weight this week, you know? Um, sure. Every diet's different, if, just like every human's different. I remember back in the early, it was right. late 80s, early 90s, very vividly, one of the Corys had a bowl of pasta. It was like, hey, we need a high-carb diet. That's the way you have to do that. Well, that one size yeah. fits all, that, that doesn't even work in hats. So it's not going to right. make much sense in a diet. I mean, people are different, just like everything else is different. And what you, some people can eat anything. And some yeah. people are healthy all the time. And then some people can't eat meat and some people can't eat just grass and, and lettuce. I mean, if you, that's the perfect way to do that. And that's why all that stuff's out there. It's in moderation. And once you figure out what your machine runs on, then man, you can t dial it in and tune it up and r run stuff wide open. I got a, I got a personal yeah. question for you, Ethan, if you don't mind. No, go. So I, I'm curious on what your message would be because in 2020, it, the message is out for public consumption that what you are is beautiful. What you are is who you are. Embrace it. Never change. Someone who's been on both ends of the spectrum and seen what life is like to live at 500 pounds. And at, I don't know, I, you never said your lightest, but it, would you, what would you say to somebody? Would you, would you, in your opinion, is the message still the same? Hey, just roll with it. Or, Hey, look, you know, in all actuality, behind the science and the nutrition and there's it there is a benefit to being one way or the other as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. 
here's the thing, and it becomes very tricky. I remember being 10 years old and very, like, cripplingly self-conscious about my body. And, like, going to the beach and being frozen almost in fear that if I sit still, nobody's going to see me. And then seeing my friends playing on the beach and, and imagining, like, if I could just transport myself into the game they're playing then i would be blocked from view by by the fact that there's a bunch of my friends there but getting across the beach exposes me and i don't want anybody to look at me and judge me and and i don't think that that is good i don't think that you can progress like i had to get to a place where i had the only person i really cared about not give a damn how I look truly. And, and my wife is hot and she really didn't care how I looked like that was not a factor. She just loved me. And it was this really bizarre thing. And even today, I think back about when we first got together and go, how is that possible that you love me? Like, I don't understand that, but she did. And it was this weird, compassionate thing from her where she was looking beyond my physical appearance and seeing something else that gave me the avenue to change. So I, I find it really hard to want kids to be ashamed of their bodies. I also think that we're not doing a service to them. They're, the, the way food is marketed is is kind of dishonest the way the American diet is laid out is kind of dishonest if you have kids that are not getting pushed to be physically active you have every technological convenience in the world that is getting them less and less active as we progress and yet the calories are going up and up we're gonna we're gonna have a country that is uh that is obese and and we're we're rapidly on our way to that I I I don't think that's gonna be uh, optimum, but I also don't know that the the shame I felt as a kid was healthy. Now I can't say that that came from anywhere, but just within me, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I I think I think it is I think it is important that people know like what proteins, what its function is in the body, what's what fats function is in the body, what carbohydrates function all of these things are actually serve a function and if and and there is no one size fits all because every single body is unique and every single person has preferences to food and then there's going to be their there's the amount of rest they're getting and if their sleep is getting disrupted it could make them hungry or if their hormones are on off balance it could make them hungry like there's all kinds of crazy factors that go into it but you know I I don't think my kids before I started getting really into this had any idea of what protein did for you. You you know, like what, what does it do when you eat protein? What does it do when you eat carbohydrates? What does it do when you eat fats? What are micronutrients and what is fiber? What's the use of fiber? Like, why do we need to eat vegetables? So there's all these different things that, that get overlooked. And, and then we have, you know, the cheapest, the cheapest and most abundant food on the planet in history. And we all have phones and computers and televisions and, 
And not many of us have a reason to go out and use our bodies the way we did when, when you, when you guys and I were younger, it just doesn't, it's a whole different landscape of energy consumption versus output. Mm-hmm. Well, more of said. A mental, well said, it's a, more of a mental lift for the kids now because of all the information and phones and everything that they have, as opposed to the physical, we had to get out and branch out and go find people. And I, I just wondered, I, was it shame or self-consciousness? Because at the age of 10, your body's changing from the time you come in. You haven't even hit puberty yet. It literally kind of fluctuates every single day. Would you say you were the yeah. man that you are today if, you, if, you, if any of that had been changed? Yeah, that's, and that's another good point. I don't know. I don't know if I, probably if I, not. If I don't go through all that. Probably not. Yeah, no, it's so not. Absolutely not. And the reason you're wife, the thing with the wife, my wife's hot too. That's why they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And when you're sitting there looking at something grow up and your parents look at you, they don't see that. They see something, the next version of them. It's beautiful. And as you right. grow through that, you get molded every single day, shapes you into what you're supposed to become. And those of us that can fluctuate in our weights, that's, that's kind of from hell from winter to summer. I mean, that just happens bottom line. Yep. That's right. I think, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like I, I don't, I don't go back and wish anything is, is different simply because I'm really happy where I'm at today. I think we only start doing that when our kids get on the ground. What, 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 what weight are you yeah. down to now, Ethan? If you I'm don't, at 260 you, now. And you're, that's your fighting weight, you think, now? You comfortable with that? Well, no. I, I, listen, at, at all the calculations I've done, and I, I do this DEXA scan every two months, I, mm-hmm. I have five pounds of fat to lose, and then I'll be under 10% body fat. And... And that five pounds of fat is slow going. So that could take another two months to lose that five without, without losing any muscle. Cause if I lose muscle, then it's going to alter everything. Like I could lose that five pounds next week if I wanted sure, to. Yeah, yeah. You could lose uh, it a couple it days, would, water would, weight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it wouldn't be fat. It would be water and maybe some lean tissue. Um, so I, I probably, uh, the weight that I probably will try and aim for hanging out at is actually 275. I'm actually going to get down to 255, be at 9% body fat. Now, if you do calipers on me today, I'm at 10%. Jesus Christ, are you like nine foot tall? I'm 6'2". Holy um, Jesus, buddy. He's a brick shit I'm about, I'm His legs must be just... <laughs> Yeah, but I want to get, I want to get, you know, I want all the veins in my stomach and I want all that just, and that'll oh, be for well, like, that's different, two, man. That's like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Body sculpting. Yeah, that'll be, I'll, I'll be there for two days. I'm not getting there and staying there. I'm going to get there. <laughs> that's hard. And then I'm going to, tr- yeah, I'm going to try to put on a little bit of muscle. And, you know, with that, it's very hard to put on muscle and not put on fat. So it'll be like this kind of ebb and flow of, a little bit of muscle gain and then a little bit of fat loss. And, and I think, I think I'm actually going to be healthy and happy at, at around 275. 275. Dude, do you swim? I do. Yeah. Okay. I was about to say, well, you need to jump in the pool. All right, man, I got to bring it back to movies real fast for we. I don't want to, I know you probably got something going on, man, but, uh, Evolution, by the way, that movie Evolution, loved it. I don't know if that was one of your <laughs> man. I, I just looks like you guys had so much fun doing that. And Mr. Woodcock, how, how was it working with him? Yeah, he was awesome. Billy Bob was awesome. <laughs> That's all I've heard that. 
Yeah, we, we had so much fun. Evolution was fun too, man. David Duchovny was wild. I know, I've met him. I played paintball against him um, in L.A. one time. We had a blast. Yeah, good dude. What's your so? I, I, I'm sure during the holidays you guys get around the TV together, all sixty of you. Y'all watch your movies, but what's your? Who's your favorite actor, and what's your yeah, favorite movie? Um, I never ever watch anything I've been in. I actually came home one day and the kids were watching my name is Earl after school. And I, and I was, I was totally appalled and thought it was, um, an absurd thing for them to be watching, but I don't watch any of that. Um, my sister-in-law is in, um, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. I watched yeah, we that every bring that up. single day. Hey, my wife, it I'm, never, yeah. Christmas born, turn it on, never turn it off. December first. Tell your sister in law yep. that Marcus and Morgan love her very much. Yeah, we, we love that movie. I mean, that's one of our family. <laughs> we're talking about family traditions. That's one of ours. We watch a different Christmas movie every day, and then that one's on. We also, yep. all of our crew, the boys that we grew up with since kindergarten, we all go uh, jump in the water Christmas Eve Eve. Is a tra- tradition. Oh, nice. We don't know, know why we all do right, that. All right, go, all right, go ahead, buddy. Didn't mean to cut you off. So, Christmas vacation, got it. Christmas vacation. Um, my favorite. My favorite, my favorite actor is this this old German actor named Peter Lorre. He he was in um, he was in a bunch of American movies. He was in Casablanca and Arsenic and Old Lace. This awesome character actor, but he was in Fritz Lang's movies M and and a, a bunch of other uh, German movies um, from the uh, you know forties and fifties. Uh, I, I love I love Peter Lorre. Um, I was Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street was awesome. What's your favorite movie the, uh, that you've been in? My favorite movie that I've been in? Yeah. That you start that you've acted in. Yeah, I think Cold Mountain. I never saw it, but I I think it was the best script for any movie that I've been in. Oh, it's been around a while. That was a play first, right? Was, oh, I can't remember the name. Yeah. What about History X? Yeah, in a book. In a book, yeah. History X was great. History X was great. Is Had a good Tense good making message. that? Um, yeah, you know, they put a bunch of fake, uh, racist tattoos on me and it would take so long to put them on and take them off that sometimes I would go home and like not wash them off. Oh, and, yeah. and I remember one time stopping at a Seven Eleven, and I wasn't even thinking that I had all these swastikas and white power tattoos on myself and I, I almost got beat up in the Seven Eleven, and I realized and I was like, Oh, these are fake. And then they were even like, what the hell do you have these fake racist tattoos for? I'd have been like, bro, we're, we're doing, we're doing a movie. Really you guys are actually in it right now. And, uh, this is yeah. a scene where you're not supposed to beat me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's, uh, what do you got on the, on the foreseeable future? I mean, what's, I mean, we got your podcast. Tell us a little bit about American glutton. I've been having so much fun with American glutton, just talking to people. And, and the, the, the most amazing part for me is all these kind of like, bodybuilders and and kind of dietary experts that i've been reading books by for years i now get to like have conversations with them for free whereas normally like you know just to get a consultation with these guys is thousands of dollars so i feel like the luckiest guy on earth um taking doing this podcast and then i have a movie coming out on march 13th called the hunt which is actually really, really good. It's gotten uh, a lot of bad press from both the left and the right politically, but 
neither side has it figured out and it's a really good movie the hunt all right if you're upsetting all the politicians probably telling the truth then. yeah you're doing a good job Everybody, yeah everybody's pissed yeah. so i got a question when it when it like with gluttony and we all have a sin that's tapped inside of us you can you spend your whole life trying to harness it so you can either hurt people with it or let it hurt you or help people from it now yeah. you notice like the lineman and football and all the athletes and bigger guys, man, they work out. They're in shape kind of all through that. And then at, at the end, they go up to that to the bigger scale. I mean, they put on all the weight. It's reversed to kind of the way you did it. You you guys talk right. about that quite a bit? We talk about all of that. Yeah, we talk about – I mean, I'm really thinking about I, – I did do it exactly reverse of what, of what you're saying, but I – I never had, you know, I never as a, as a kid experienced the joy of exercise that I now have totally learned to like, you know, go to the gym and, and actually feel better after I work out than I do before. So I don't know if I wasn't pushed hard enough in school, but I never had that. And, and so anytime you're consuming enough to be an athlete, but not being athletic, you're gonna, you're gonna gain all that weight. That's a great way of saying that. I've never heard it said that way. Being, having the, the the joy that the body and the mind have when it works out together. Yeah, man. I mean, look what you what you guys did. I can't imagine like just from buds, right? Like I look at buds, and that to me is entirely not only a physical test, but it's a test of of will, right? Like I, oh, yeah. I can't imagine doing anything like that. But I do know that a day that I go and start my day at the gym is a better day mentally and physically than a day that I have to rest. And I had never, I didn't know that as a kid, like I hadn't, and I, I don't think you can tell somebody that and have them understand it until they just experience it. It is an experience. Oh well, yeah. Especially if from, if you rest too long and it goes in reverse. Uh, you just kind of just sitting there yeah. doing being counterproductive because it'll the body will will accommodate. If you're sitting there playing games, it will turn into something that can that can fill up a chair. And you're just oh, kind of yeah. doing that mental workout. But when you get out there and I mean, you see kids run around and they're laughing all the time while they're running, it's just because there's joy in that. Yeah, I, I think there's the, there's also the mental aspect of setting a goal and achieving a goal is there's something there. I don't know if it's you know, if we wanted to be strictly biological and go, you're getting some reward of dopamine for setting an arbitrary goal and achieving it. And you're kind of tricking yourself into this feeling of elation over that, because like I could set a goal to do, you know, 20 sets to 225 on the bench press. W what does that mean? That doesn't, that's not a, uh, an accomplishment that means anything, but it's a random goal I set. So that when I do that, I feel good. And I think it's the same thing of like a guy, a dude who runs a marathon, just running the marathon is a goal you set. Just doing it, you're going to feel good about accomplishing that. So you can go into the gym and set any number of arbitrary goals and just achieving those goals, you're going to feel better on top of whatever physically is going on that makes you feel better. Well, they're not arbitrary either. I mean, they're, well, they're personal. Your body and your mind, right. you, you accomplish that. And the, the satisfaction... It's it's one of those deals you don't need somebody to tell you that you did you, you did it. I mean, you could feel right. it and you did exactly. it. Exactly, you're exactly right. I mean, arbitrary just in like I don't know. It's it is. It's just it's a personal goal. That's exactly right. It feels good. I mean, it's it's one of the ones you did. And you, just you and your mind, your body, and that steel. 
because it, 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 you know, yep. it won't talk back. I mean, if that's unforgiving, especially if you try to mess with too much of it. I mean, it, it yep. literally follows you one one pound at a time. Dude, so I'm, what, I'm looking at pictures of you right now, bro, and I, at 275, you, how do you even get in the door? That's impressive. I don't know. <laughs> what's, a piece of, what's a piece of advice you give somebody, man, if they're just – because a lot of the people, they don't – I mean, they look at you. We've been watching you your whole life. And it, it's funny because even when they when we've watched you your whole life and you see where you're at now, it, it's like the transformation just happened overnight. I guess that's because we only get right. one day down here, really, to actively engage it. But it's uh, – what, what, what do you tell the guys who are just coming in? It is a, a, a matter of setting goals no matter how arbitrary they may seem to you, any goal is a valid goal. And then just figuring out how to achieve that. It certainly was not overnight. I mean, I weighed two I sorry, I weighed 536 in 2002. And so it's taken me 18 years to get to where I'm at today of like being around 10% body fat and 263 pounds. Um, which is, it's, that's a lot of work, but in between there, I had my swings. I was at 1.200 pounds. So I was 63 pounds lighter than I am now. And I was really, really thin. Um, I still had big legs cause I was riding bicycles every day, but I was unhappy at that weight. I didn't, I felt like a light breeze would blow me over. I wasn't, I, you know, I, it wasn't, I didn't feel like I, I, I was being myself. I felt like I was being somebody else. And so I had to go back up to around 400 pounds in order to feel like even close to comfortable. And then throughout my cut down to where I'm at now at 350, I was really like, this is an okay weight too, you know? Um, and, and my wife was like, no, you can, you can do better than you're doing at 350. And, and I cut another about 75, 80 pounds. And, and, I, and she was totally right because I feel f- like fantastic today. Um, and I'm not self-conscious and I feel confident in my body. I'm still got some size to me, you know, to uh, honestly, I'm still a really big dude. Yeah, I mean, just think about that. Cutting 200 pounds is a lot. Most people, they were like, hey, man, I need to drop some weight, like 7, 10 pounds, maybe 15. You're talking about your body, the way you cycled through that is literally almost every human being on the planet. Yeah, you, you went you through that weight. You yeah. human beings. Uh, and, uh, so where do you yeah. think the, discour- the discouragement comes from? Because people are like, I need to lose all this weight. Is it is Because if you tack that, like, I got to lose 50 pounds, well, no one can lose 50 pounds in one day. And that's all right. we got. One day you go into the gym and I'm going to go in here and just lift, try to get rid of one pound in one week. Start like that. And before you know it, yeah, you I, fluctuated through 500 plus, I mean, well, up and down, right? So that's like 1,000. I mean, you're dropping, yeah. putting on that much weight. That's amazing. I, I, haven't, I haven't sat down and actually calculated. It's, it's got to it's gotta be well over 500 that I've actually lost. I've actually lost over 500 pounds, which is crazy. Um, well, more than that, but it's yeah. probably quite a bit more than that because I have done a lot of fluctuating. Like there were years in there where I was just like, I didn't care. And then I would care for a month and do something stupid. Like, a, you know, at 350 pounds, I would do, you know, a 500 calorie a day diet and I would just tear through my muscle and, and do like unhealthy stuff like that too. Anybody like, I, I even me needing to lose five pounds today 
I'm thinking about months of work. And then I'm thinking about what am I going to do after that? There's going to be a maintenance period and that's going to be months of work. And then after that, I'm going to do what I'm trying to do a lean massing phase where I build a little bit of muscle. And when I say a little bit of muscle, I'm talking about three pounds of muscle, which might come with also three or four pounds of fat, which I then have to cut off again, you know? So I'm thinking about it in really long terms. Nothing today is happening overnight. And I think in the beginning, if I had had this kind of uh, attitude towards it and, and anyone going from morbidly obese to trying to be lean should really factor in a lot of maintenance periods because you're going to, you're going to burn up your hormones. Your body's going to stop wanting to lose fat. You're going to start running into muscle loss. All of that is going to be true. If you just try to go from 500 straight through dieting all the way down, you're just going to run into obstacles, which could be mitigated with uh, diet breaks. And when I say diet break, a diet break is not eat whatever you want. Your diet is exactly the same. It's just slightly elevated calories, you, you know? So that's probably why, is that why you, they rebound, rebound faster? So if you do it too fast, it'll, it, the body will want to come right back to where it was and it puts it on faster. Oh yeah. And probably a little There's bit, a, probably a little bit more weight because it, it feels like it's been beat up and shocked. Once it starts eating you know, fat and all the hormones start getting out of whack, so if you try to, if you, if you feed it up, you got to feed it down, right? Exactly. Exactly. And there's actually a scientific, a crazy scientific thing that happens in there too, where you have a finite number of fat cells. You don't, when you gain weight, those fat cells just get bigger. You don't gain fat cells. The only time you can gain fat cells is when you've starved yourself and then you overeat. And that is a, this kind of magical moment where you can really screw up your metabolism because your body goes, we've been starving, which starving only equals death to the body. The yeah, body yeah, doesn't right. know you're losing weight to be healthy. It thinks you're dying. And then it goes, well, we need to, we need to be able to uh, develop fat even faster. So the minute you start overeating, you're suddenly in this magical place where your body is creating new fat cells so that you can build fat even faster the next time. So you don't it starve. It screws up your metabolism. So, yeah, it's so. like the worst thing you can do for yourself. Like, you know, you hear doctors say yo-yo dieting is bad. It's really, really bad. It, it makes it so much harder to lose weight the next time around. It makes it so much easier to store fat. Like it's, it's a perfect storm to stay fat. Ethan, man, it was great. It was really great to hear your story and like your mentality. I think that there's one thing that you talked about on one of your most recent episodes of your show that I think our listeners would take a lot away from, which was you and Tom's conversation about killing your clone. Before we wrap today's oh, episode, yeah. would you maybe share just a little bit of that with our listeners? Yeah, I, I love Tom. Tom Kyer. He, he, I, I actually got, to play a character based on him. He's the most badass dude I know. And, you know, I had heard what was his about name again? him. I'm sorry. And Tom Kyer. He's, he's, he's a, he, he, he comes from a, a martial arts school called Sayoc, which is all kind of like Filipino knife fighting. And he, he, he like did the, the fight choreography for the, the hunted, you know, that Benicio del Toro oh, movie. Yeah. So Love he's just this like, he's a badass edged weapons dude. And 
you know, I, I go in to meet him and I'm just thinking like, here's this tough martial artist dude, but we sat down and talked and at least half of his practice is, is mental. It's all like mindset and like going in and, you know, it is, it is all kind of directed around violent encounters. But what I came away with, it was like, you can apply his philosophy to winning anything. He, he is kind of constructed it. And his school, Sayak Kali is constructed around getting through a violent encounter and being victorious, but it applies to anything you do, any goal you have, any situation you encounter. And the, the most profound one for me is he talked about every single day at midnight, he fights to the death, the clone of him 24 hours in the past. And he has to have improved, even if it's just the tiniest little amount every day so that he wins that, that fight every night at midnight, he has to be able to kill a clone of himself from 24 hours in the past. And that for him might literally be, he has to train with his knives that day so that he can, cause you know, I assume his clone 24 hours in the past has knives and he has knives and they're going to have a knife fight. But for me, it's going to be about like, how did I do today on my diet? And even if it's rest, if on a rest day, I go at the end of the day, my clone didn't rest yesterday. I got my rest today. I'm going to win tonight. You know, I'm going to beat myself from yesterday. Every day I have to do something. And that could mean, read 10 pages of a book, go on a walk, uh, do some training, some, some, you know, martial arts templates, um, go to the gym, go roll jujitsu, go on a bike ride, uh, read philosophy, whatever it is every day, I have to do something to improve myself. And as long as I've improved myself, even if it's like 0.0001%, as long as I've improved myself, I win. Um, and, and that is something I think about every day. Did I, am I killing my clone? Am I going to do something today that's going to enable me to kill my clone tonight? And, and I think that's a super powerful message. Oh, I've, I've heard it explained that way too, man, but, uh, it's got to outdo your time remnant because yesterday is gone. So everything, if, whoever you ran into, if whatever you said to them, that's what they're going to pass on. That's how the, the, the past comes back up to haunt you, if you will. And then. Yeah, you know, something gets you that that yesterday, man. You wake up, and you try to do it better the next day. Try to yeah, outdo your time remnant because you have any idea if tomorrow's coming, and we got we got That's today, right. and then. So how can our listeners uh, follow you and support you, and what you got going on, brother? I mean, because like I said, we're just we're fans. Oh, thank you, uh, American Glutton Podcast. It's available on all the uh, anywhere podcasts. I guess I, I was into it on some Apple app, but I think it's on Spotify and all the, all the apps for podcasts and, uh, add Ethan Suplee on Instagram. That's all right. We'll find it, man. We had a guy on earlier. He didn't even know the name of his podcast. Yeah. Say that we were fans, man. I, I, I like to say, man, we just appreciate your work. Oh, thank man, you. Being able to get up to, uh, and spend some time up in Hollywood, like we did around, around you guys. I mean, y'all serve a purpose. Y'all are our stars. Y'all, Y'all are kind of our reflection. Y'all got I us mean, through deployment. Yeah, man. Y'all, y'all make the, the movies of the stuff that every, everyone's living, and we get to watch it on TV, and just kind of takes us out of our reality and and lets us know that there's other people out there, and you guys do a great job of it, and you have over the years, man. I, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I love what you guys do too. Thank you. All right, my man. Hopefully, we'll run into each other one day. Yep. Thanks, Ethan.
Yes, sir. Hit me up when you're out in L.A. Let's get a workout. Roger that. Uh, all right. You got it. Uh, take all care, right, man. Guys. Bye. Talk to you. Bye. time for a listener story. We actually take the stories that have been submitted on the website, we read them out loud, we react, we provide encouragement because we are inspired to share our stories so that others will never quit as well. And we're so pumped that you guys share your stories. Today's story comes from Nicholas. His story is titled The Year That Saved My Life. Let's jump in. Throughout my life, I've struggled in two major areas, academics and my weight. I've always been the stupid fat kid in elementary, middle school, and high school. I was the happy-go-lucky kid who didn't care and just embraced the narrative that I was portrayed as. Fast forward to my sophomore year of high school, finished our football season, and really took a turn for the worst in regards to my weight and grades. I was gaining weight at a rapid rate, and I had less than a 1.0 with four Fs. At the end of the year, I was ineligible for the following football season. I weighed 407 pounds. And after the school year was over, I went to the doctor and was told that if I didn't make any drastic changes, that I wouldn't make it to my 30th birthday. It was the day after that that I would begin to change my life. It was rock bottom for me. I harnessed all my built-up anger, stress, anxiety, depression, you name it, set it aside, and put all my focus into myself and being positive. I trained all summer, lifted and ran every day, but I wasn't seeing results. And I realized it was because I wasn't changing my diet. The beginning of my junior year, all I had to do was focus on my weight and grades. And that's what happened. I set a goal. Simple. Be better. Over the course of the next nine months, I lost 70 pounds and reached 335 pounds and maintained a 3.5 GPA. And my motivation that whole time was to get back out on the field with my brothers. And I was going to do whatever it took to do just that. So I played out our senior season, and at season's end, I put everything into training and became obsessed with the process. And by the time I graduated high school, I weighed 278 pounds and had a 3.67 GPA. During that low point in my life was right around the time Lone Survivor came out. And I researched more and really used what Marcus had to say as motivation and to truly never quit and stay the course. So here I am, three years later, healthy, happy, and about to graduate college in top of my class. Never quit, Nicholas. Damn, we need to have him on the show. Great story. I mean, all them guys right in and be like, man, my life was this, that, and the other. It was like, but I made a 3.5 GPA and I learned how to change my diet. And I'm like, top of the class. I mean, I, buddy, which, you need to go on a speaking tour. Which part was the bad part about his life? I mean, he was bottom out at 400 plus pounds and had a zero point or 1.0. That was GPA. the starting point. I get that. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and I'm up without the journey. I mean, the whole time he's like, man, it was this, that, the other. I'm like, three point five. Kind of like that might be about me, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a remarkable story. Yeah, I would want. I'd want to know more about. Hey, hey, look, literally, it, that's a mental thing. I mean, you have to cross over yeah, and, and accept the, everything that's coming your way. We just started asking him. He's like, okay, what, you get the. Because everyone starts at that spot, and then they get to that hard point. And they're like, you know, it was the mental fortune. I was like, okay, like what? Yeah, what? Like, did you watch Spider-Man? Like, what <laughs> What was the first one, right? Like, get up. You know, like, or, first, or, good like, job, like, bro. Yeah, like, what is it? what was the first thing you did? Did you listen to David Goggins? Yeah, right. Probably. Or Ethan's. Something. Yeah, so please, this is the, probably the best podcast to put this story on, just because of the fact that, I mean, yeah, he Ethan, clearly had that mindset thing down. I mean, he did his in three years. Ethan did his in 18. Yeah. A little different. Oh, long track. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, each one of these, the more we do it this. It can each, be done. Each podcast feeds itself. 
Like you, if you got a problem with your, with gluttony, check out uh, Ethan. Ethan, if you need the motivation to get get to Ethan, check us out. <laughs> you know, I mean, one one will feed the other. That's an amazing story. Thanks for sharing that. Bro. Yeah, yeah Nicholas, thanks man. for sharing. We'd love to hear Can't more about to hear how. You, yeah, your yeah. next story. Yeah, right some... back in. Let us know where you're at, man. Where you're graduating from? What you're graduating in? Yeah, what get, get what, you on the, what got you through the weight loss journey? We need to have a tech wall. Call yeah. in the podcast and say, hey, man, call in update. That's so this is the, this is the team member that lost the most weight so far. Like you know, how guys try to lift the most weight. So we had the the world record on weight loss on, on weight lifting yeah, and weight yeah, loss. Yeah, Chris and Brent, yeah. Those are these weight are our amb- yeah T and Q ambassadors. Man, well, thanks again for sharing your story. If you'd like to share your story, you can head over to teamneverquit.com slash podcast. There's a share your story button at the top in the navigation. I love it when you share your stories. You can encourage other folks. You can read stories. You can write your own story. We love it when you do it. If you're not Why following you us, the voice. Oh yeah, because <clears throat> hurts my throat. I can only do it for so many days. Oh, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. Then. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> can't give us a delivery like that. And not bring it in, man. It's because you're not practicing. Okay, there you go. this man is tired of doing the voice. I we right made now. the deal. Was like, hey, that's all the voice we're always. Just <laughs> <laughs> be hoarse all the time. What a freaking guy, huh? Two six two, two seventy, ten percent body fat. That part's cool too. I, I man, don't think people I, know what that means. That's some like incredible Hulk looking thing. You look at the pictures on him online, buddy. I mean, boys, dude, he's ripped, bro. Well, yeah, he's going past the in shape part. You oh get, yeah, you drop down ten percent and get those. He know, got that, he's got the bug, obviously. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, that's great. I, I'm glad to see how far he can. And a humble guy. Oh yeah, I mean, great conversation, just great story. I'm glad he grew up the way he did. It, it did, man. That makes him for a, a great personality. I mean, every movie you have, he's like, man, I love doing that. <laughs> he's <laughs> always like, yeah, such a positive guy. Yeah, I just like being there. So, so, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, check out his podcast. It's called American Glutton, not Gluten. American Glutton, and uh, it's fascinating. Kara's a huge fan, and uh, they've they've just they've got some. He's great got great guests. perspective because he came from five hundred sixty yeah. plus pounds, even heavier, possibly. He a lot of weight in his early life. And what was cool too was uh, he wasn't completely happy in that time, but he accepted it. And so because of that, his perspective is unique in the sense that he's seen it from both angles. I should have asked him. Is like, well, no, nah, I know that we're all unhappy when we're teenagers. I yeah, I mean, I looked like a stork that swallowed a turtle when I was growing, and it's just weird. But I mean, when you look at me, we really. We're, were you really unhappy? Yeah, remember when my hips grew first? I didn't have a chest. Remember that? God dang. Trying to, my <laughs> knee, my trying to visualize the turtle in a stork belly. No, no, in the throat. A wide bottom? Yeah, a stork swallowed a turtle that got Tight caught in his throat. That's what my hips looked like because my legs were so skinny and I didn't, know, I didn't have a chest. Hell, we were 40, 40 when our legs finally became proportional to our body. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. I was built more like a shark. He's got new movies coming out. I mean, he's still killing it. Oh yeah, having fun. That, that's what all. What portfolio this guy has? All right. I mean, it is. And that... I for, yeah, he was in Road Trip. I forgot that at the end. Or he was on no the whole thing, the tour. <laughs> oh, should I ask him what Tom Green was like? I didn't even think about that. And he was the guy with the mom kissing Tom Green, right? Yeah. <laughs> mom. Oh man. Well, y'all make sure to go support Ethan. Ethan Supply on Instagram, American Glutton Podcast. It's just, it was just a great interview. One hell of a model American. Yeah, American. Yeah, one hell of a plus-size model in-shape American. One male model on a destined to lose 500 pounds. One actor. 
the gym. If you want to be the first one to know when we drop a new show, we do it every Wednesday. the voice. All the plays. All the... I can't even talk English. <laughs> Release. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Share the episode with a friend. Follow us on social media. Marcus Luttrell, Mojo Luttrell, Andrew Brockenbush, team underscore never quit. And thank you guys for coming back every single week. I'm out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.